another huge week in the travel industry. Webjet's Shelley Beasley has been appointed to the actor board, Celebrity has appointed a new MD, and ongoing border closures remain front of mind throughout the industry. From Travel Daily, I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is News on the Fly. Well, there's been a huge outcry this week about the appointment of a Webjet representative to the AFTA board. What's the story, Bruce? Look, I guess in hindsight, you'd have to say this is probably not unexpected after after last month announced that Webjet had become ATAS accredited and a member of the Federation. Look, that move provoked quite a big reaction at the time, uh, given Webjet's long-standing campaigns denigrating traditional travel agents. And this latest move has really added fuel to the fire. For those who don't remember, a few years ago, Webjet launched a very anti-agent TV campaign. There were a few different ads, basically with the concept showing people disappointed that their travel agents were only offering them three or four flight options, as opposed to the hundreds of flights displayed on the Webjet screen. Uh, Very aggressive, highly critical of agents, and clearly, despite the passing of time, the wounds are still very tender. So the appointment of uh, Shelley Beasley, the Chief Commercial Officer of Webjet, to this vacancy on the AFTA board really has people seeing red. And so why do you think they've done this? Well, reading between the lines, and look, this is only my opinion, I think you'd have to say that probably Webjet want a seat at the top table if they're going to be part of AFTA. Probably not an unrealistic expectation, given, given that Webjet is a pretty big listed business in Australia. What I do know for a fact is that this has been in the wings for a long, long time, long before Darren Rudd became after CEO. Um, I know Jason Westbury was working on this, so I suspect that the AFTA board has recognised for a while that if it's going to be effective, it really needs to represent the whole industry. I asked AFTA's Courtney Duddleston to explain the mechanics of it all. Basically, it's a vacant spot on the board that's been there for a long time. The AFTA constitution provides for a total of 12 board members. They're all in place for a two-year period, um, and half of them, six at a time, come up for reappointment every year. But there's only been 11 for some time, and so Shelley Beasley's filling that empty spot. At the upcoming AFTA AGM, in a couple of weeks, we've got six directors whose turn it is to be up for re-election or reappointment, but not that spot in particular. So Beasley's in place until the 2021 AGM, at least. It's also interesting that this year, for the first time in as long as I can remember, there are actually some nominations for the spots on the board. Usually the AGM is over in a couple of minutes um, and everything just gets rubber stamped. But this year we've got a nomination for Michelle Emerton from ATAC, the Australian Travel Agents Cooperative, and also Simon Tehenepa from Traveller. So they're going to conduct a ballot and I believe AFTA members will receive electronic voting information in the next few days. The AGM is going to be held on the 23rd of September at the Travel Industry Hub which is great to see that get a bit of traction. And that's where I interviewed Darren Rudd again yesterday, and this issue of Webjet was definitely a hot topic. And what did Darren say about the Webjet appointment? Well, basically, he begged everyone to put down their weapons. Um, he, He declared that it was Armistice Day, and rather than fighting within the industry, we need to present a reunited front to help secure funding that will help the whole industry get through this corona crisis. So basically, let's forget about the past, draw a line and work together because it's the only way that any of us are going to survive. He also um, talked about lots of other stuff too. So they've got this $125 million budget submission in and launched an industry mobilisation program. But interestingly, the submission means that they've got to ask for this money for the whole industry, not just for AFTA members. So Darren hinted at major changes to ATAS and indeed AFTA membership. It looks like it's all going to open up to tour operators, wholesalers, and indeed 
non-members of AFTA. It's very controversial, and I'm sure that further details will emerge in the next few days. And I believe there's been some big news for travel agents from across the Tasman. Yeah, look, finally the New Zealand government's recognised the plight of the industry after months and months of pretty much ignoring it. Just like in Australia, there appears to be a real um, huge amount of ignorance among public officials and politicians about just what the role of travel agents is. And when the NZ uh, agency chain chiefs initially appealed for some support, one of the ministers, Kelvin Davis, basically said they were kind of unpatriotic because they were trying to lure people overseas rather than spend their money locally on New Zealand tourism product. Anyway, with this breakthrough, it looks like that's been dispelled finally, and the government's come up with a $47 million package of support for the industry. But it's very clever politically because they've based it on the work that agents are doing to manage refunds and cancellations to repatriate client funds. And of course, just like in Australia, the agents are doing this work anyway. But in New Zealand, they're going to get a commission. Uh, agents will get 7.5% of any cash refund they can secure on behalf of their clients or 5% of any future travel credit. And it's sort of being justified on the basis that there's about $690 million estimated of agent, of, sorry, client funds currently sitting with overseas suppliers. And if agents can get it back, then people will be able to spend it in New Zealand instead. So, you know, quite palatable politically and very clever. Another thing that's kind of on the back burner is that the same day that the NZ package got announced, TANS, the Kiwi Travel Agent Association, the, the New Zealand equivalent of AFTA, announced that it just couldn't afford its CEO anymore, Andrew Olson, who's leaving, and the organisation's basically pretty much going into hibernation as far as I can tell. They've said they're going to replace him with a part-time administrative role. You know, I reckon perhaps sooner rather than later, we could see a joint Australian and New Zealand agent group kind of a merger between AFTA and TANS. There's lots of change happening in the industry, and maybe that's something that will be an outcome. So watch this space. The finalists in the 2020 Travel Daily Awards have been announced, and voting is now open in the supplier categories. Throughout COVID-19, travel suppliers, including airlines, cruise lines, hotels, tour operators and technology companies have worked to support the travel agents who have also bent over backwards to support their clients and one another. Vote now for the suppliers who have helped out at awards.traveldaily.com.au. The winners will be announced in upcoming issues of Travel Daily, Cruise Weekly and Travel Bulletin. To vote, that was awards.traveldaily.com.au. And we've had some big cruise news for celebrity cruises locally. What's the story there? Yes, yeah, Susan Bonner, who's been heading up celebrity cruises in Asia-Pacific only since her role was created in January, uh, has resigned from celebrity, in fact, from the whole Royal Caribbean group, and she's heading back to the USA. She's been around for a while in Australia. Before she was in the celebrity role, she was MD of the whole Royal Caribbean group in Australia and New Zealand across all three brands. But then last year, headed back to Miami for a special project when Gavin Smith returned from the UK. But then Susan came back to Australia to head up the recruitment for a local head for celebrity after a restructure. And then ultimately, she took that role herself, of the regional brand head. She's resigned from the whole company after she's been there for 12 years, and she's heading back to be with her family in the USA, where, as they say, she will be pursuing new opportunities. And so who will be taking over that role? Well, they're maintaining the same structure, and they've appointed Tim Jones, who was the regional head of National Geographic Partners. 
uh, National Geographic Partners. It's a joint venture between Disney and the National Geographic Society that publishes, you know, National Geographic magazine. Tim's not really a cruise person, but he's been in tourism and travel for a while. Part of his career was 10 years with Tourism Australia. And while he was at National Geographic, as well as TV partnerships and all that sort of thing, he oversaw travel partnerships locally, which include deals with Lindblad Expeditions, Ponant and Scenic. Anyway, interesting times for cruising um, and certainly for celebrity. And with the government's announcement last Friday extending the biosecurity emergency declaration, is there any clarity about when we might get cruising going again? Unfortunately not. Uh, Yeah, this got announced just after we released last week's podcast, a three-month extension of the declaration, which is the sort of technical way the government imposes the travel and cruise bans. They've announced that they've been extended to the 17th of December, three more months, and they've also updated the associated order, which keeps cruise ships out of local waters. So there's no clarity at all about a restart, but Clear Cruise Lines International Association MD Joel Katz appeared to hint that there was some progress. This week in Cruise Weekly, he flagged the formation of a working group, a collaboration with governments across the country about some possibilities. And I know everyone is keen to get things going again, whether it's interstate, interstate, or perhaps even trans-Tasman cruising. You know, please let it happen. And what has been fantastic to see is the ongoing restart in other parts of the world. And as well, recognition by the industry that despite the ban, they've got to get out on the front foot and market itineraries for future years. And to that end, we've seen a really positive approach by Princess Cruises this week, which has announced its 2021-22 local season. And of course, it's subject to a restart of cruising, but they're going to put five ships in local waters. Let's keep our fingers and toes crossed that it happens. So of course, the restart of cruising or indeed travel brings up the key issue of borders. Are we seeing any progress there at all? At the last National Cabinet meeting last Friday, it looked like some faint progress had been achieved. Very slow, but basically all the states and territories except the recalcitrant WA have agreed to look at a plan that would see state borders open by Christmas. Look, it's absolutely agonising. There's clearly still a lot of education of politicians required, particularly uh, some state leaders continuing to do deals like the one in WA this week, where they're trying to encourage staycations via a partnership with Expedia, rather than any recognition that local suppliers or travel agents could do exactly the same job and keep the money within WA. And look, just finally, on that same topic of states and lockdowns, I just want to reach out again to our industry colleagues in Victoria. Uh, We are thinking of you. We care about you. We just wish things were different. Can't wait for some rational responses until this pandemic start to appear, in contrast to this relentless push to just suppress all economic activity, which is, of course, impacting us all. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.